Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Sportingly Average podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Phil, uh, and as ever, reliably joined by Reese and Juppie. Uh, episode eight entitled Running Away With It, which we'll get into a little bit later. But first of all, Reese, how are you? How are you doing? Been, been anywhere interesting since our last podcast? As ever, reliably joined by Reese. That's hilarious. You seem to have completely forgotten the fact that I missed one of these, which you made a massive deal out of for weeks afterwards. So, yeah, I want the people to think that we get along. All right, we got. <laughs> um, no, nowhere interesting whatsoever. So you've just he been would... in London since our last podcast. I went to Brighton at the weekend, Phil, with my work. Is that what you're getting at? I hear you're yes. touring Brighton nightclubs. Yeah. Uh, okay, I wonder where this is going. Yeah, good, fine. Yeah. Uh, went to one Brighton nightclub, uh, Prism, spelt with a, a Y and a Z, because it's, it's edgy. Did it make you concerned that people half your age can legally enter nightclubs now? Well, obviously not half my age. There it is. It was a long setup. It was a long setup. I'll tell you what, some people look really young. I've, never, I've genuinely... <laughs> genuinely never felt so old <laughs> yeah I'm not like sure fresh faced brighton students having their first their first nights out just a first taste of booze and here's okay it's almost it's almost like precious week still isn't it still that uh, first few nah. weeks of early days yeah i think it's like it was like like third week or something third, that's still, is that still freshers week i thought it was just one week and then well it's still that kind of Fresh years, we can go out five times a week and it doesn't matter, and our bodies oh, won't break, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're shooting yeah. loads still there. Oh, free money. Exactly. And, that's, and you didn't quite have to worry about rushing just yet. Yeah. Nice. Good to, good to hear you're still jet setting. The, the destinations are getting infinitely less glamorous. You've got Australia <laughs> to Paris to Brighton. Oh, Rochester next week. Yeah, Stevenage. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you're listening, Stevenage, yes, right, yeah. it is a horrible place to live. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh God! I mean, we already, we already, I think, scared off the Russian listener. Now <laughs> it's in the same to our Stevenage-based crowd. Juppy, people are What have you been up to this week? Um, I'm good. I've been, I've been sick. This is my first episode without a beer, and it says a cup of tea. Um, so it's very, very sad. So the chat is probably going to be even worse than usual. You I must imagine. be ill yeah, to it's not bad. even be drinking. Well, I went, out, I went out with the pub with you. Ah, oh, sorry. On Saturday. <laughs> and I think I made myself worse. So. Shock. Yeah. So worth keep it. riding that wave. That was the problem. Keep riding the wave all through the Sunday, all through the Monday. <laughs> Awful. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So this week, running away with it episode. So. We've gone away and had a look at instances where, um, and there, there is a reason for this theme, which I'll get into when we get onto that uh, section of the pod, but where teams or people have won by huge margins or won particularly early in the year, if it was sort of a league winning with lots of games to spare, things like that. Um, but we'll start sponsored. off with our... Sponsored by Forrest Gump. Sponsored by Forrest Gump, yeah. I haven't yeah. watched that film in ages, actually. Um, but yeah. It's not uh, changed. It's the same. <laughs> Still as good as ever. Um, 
But yeah, so we'll get started with the topical uh, sport, uh, stat of the week as well as the quiz. Uh, so test out Juffy and Reese how much they've been paying attention in this week of sport. Um, so question one. Maradona's shirt from that game, the hand of God, was auctioned earlier this year. So the reason for this question is obviously the ball is going up for auction. Um, and is expected to fetch uh, two and a half to three million dollars, I think it was. I can't remember the currency. Uh, pounds, I think, yeah, pounds sterling, two and a half and three million pounds. Um, and it's being sold by the person who refereed the match. Didn't realise they kept the match ball. So they're making a pretty penny out of it, despite getting the decision heinously wrong, <laughs> um, making money out of it. Ridiculous. But yeah, I so... Uh, earlier this year, the shirt was actually auctioned from that game. Uh, how much did it fetch at auction? Was it £2,000, a million pounds, £7 million, pounds, or £60 million? Pounds, six zero. Sorry, what was, what was option A again? 2000 a million, £2, seven million, or £60 million. The Hand of God shirt worn by Diego Maradona in that game. Um, if I had two grand, I'd buy it just to burn it. <laughs> Question two. Uh, Rugby, League, Rugby League World Cup begins this weekend. There are 16 teams in the men's event. Which two sides are making their debut in the tournament? Is it Greece and Jamaica? Switzerland and Argentina? Vietnam and China? Or Denmark and Spain. Was this rugby league? Sorry, the rugby league World Cup. Yeah, in the men's event, there's men's, women's, and wheelchair. He's got to think, Juppy. What two countries named are most similar to Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. There will be twenty thousand boxing fans. Inside the O2 Arena in London on Saturday night. I think this is referring to the Saturday just gone, actually, so the 15th. Um, what is unusual about all 11 bouts on the bill? Is it that all 11 bouts pit a boxer against a UFC fighter? All 22 of the boxers are women? All 22 of the fighters are from Cuba? Or... All of the boxers are retired athletes from other sports. So that was question three. Question four. Ashley Young scored against Nottingham Forest on Monday night, becoming the second oldest player to score a goal for Aston Villa in the Premier League. Who is the oldest? Paul McGrath? Stylian Petrov? Brad Friedel or Peter Schmeichel? Hmm. To be the oldest player to score a goal for Aston Villa in the Premier League. Interesting. Some classic 2000s names there. Yeah. Brad Friedel, Stylian Petrov. Part of, part of the famous midfield two with Nigel Rio Coco, as I'm sure you remember. Legend. Uh, and then finally, which player has both committed the most foul fouls in the Premier League 
and also been fouled the most in the Premier League this season. As in, they lead each category. So the same player has both committed and been the victim of most fouls in the Premier League this year. I've written a name down. Is it Declan Rice? To be fair, I wrote a name down before and it wasn't even one of the four options. I was gobsmacked. Um, is it Declan Rice, Gabriel Jesus, Anthony Gordon or Scott McTominay? Ooh. Ooh. Did you write down Jack Grealish as well? No, I wrote down Zaha. Yeah, another good shout. He's normally up there. I know Jack Grealish has most fouls per touches. He is the most fouled player per touch he makes of the ball. Yeah, makes sense. And he might be most fouled per minute played, actually, as well. But doesn't play enough minutes, despite being signed for 100 million quid. Didn't even feature in the 1-0 loss to Liverpool. Shameful. Got some good players, though, don't they? And there's only five subs this season. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, uh, question one. How much money did the shirt sell for? Seven. Yeah. It was seven million quid. Sick. With the ball expected. Because the guy's had it for years, right? He's been sitting on it for... Yeah. Since, well, I can't remember what it was. 80, no, 70, 80. Can't remember, whatever, 84. Uh, it wouldn't have been 84 because that was an Olympic year. So it'd been 82, 86 or 90. 86? Yeah, 86 World Cup. Sorry, football fans, getting that one wrong. Yeah, imagine six, having the, having the, uh, well, got the balls to sit in it for however long that is. 26 cojones. 26 years. Yeah. And then go, now I'm going to make 7 million quid. Well, you probably just wait for him to die and then sell it because it's probably then worth more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. He's just sat there waiting <laughs> for Maradona's heart to explode from cocaine overdose. Just <laughs> like, any day now. <laughs> he cost down an absolute fortune sending him free samples. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Right. But... Uh, Rugby World Cup. Who are the two new teams? I got this one wrong, very wrong. Very wrong, right? Well, yeah. I regret instantly. I've written Switzerland, Argentina. I went Denmark, Spain. I went Denmark, Spain. It is Greece and Jamaica. Really? Yeah. Um, Greece skipper Jordan Meads is not just a rugby league player, he also works in insurance, which tells you exactly <laughs> how good the Greek national rugby league team is. Uh, interesting fact Michael Checker. Do you know how he is involved in the Rugby League World Cup? Um, who is Michael Checker? He's he is the Australian Argentinian he's, coach. He's the current Australian men's rugby union coach. Former Australian rugby union men's coach took them to a World Cup final in 2015 where they lost to New Zealand. So he's oh, one of the top coaches in uh, rugby union. He is coaching Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup. Is so weird. Yeah, so weird. That's cool, though. Um, I assume he's not asked for an absolute ton of cash from Steve. You'd hope he's not asked for a lot. Uh, Right, 20,000 boxing fans in the A2 last Saturday. What was unusual about the 11 bouts? I reckon they're all retired athletes from other sports. I went women. They were all women. Oh. Damn it. Sorry. Come a long way in 25 years since the 
uh, unbanning, whatever the correct word is, for the legalization of bo female boxing, women's boxing in the UK. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Eddie, good, good. Who was the headliner? Uh, oh, uh, there was that. Re there was these two that were going absolutely at each other. I can't remember their names. Like properly, properly aggressive at the. Um, I saw, Shields the, I saw and the um, stare down. Was it Martinez, the woman? I can't remember now. I think Shields and Marshall like, had the biggest viewing out of all of them. Yeah, so that's maybe like separated and stuff. The at the uh, weigh-ins and things. Um, I don't. I just don't buy any of that stuff anymore. It's just all staged. Just oh, it's all yeah, staged. It's, it's all rubbish. I you don't know. care. With the exception of um, Conor McGregor, who I actually think is genuinely unhinged. And I believe that he actually does want to kill people in the, the way itself. I know it's UFC, but still. Yeah. Oh, Tyson Fury's a nuts as well. They're not, they're not like as unhinged as Conor McGregor is. Conor McGregor what, punched a bloke in, the, in a pub for no reason, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think Tyson Fury's going to do that. Didn't he like throw a chair or something at Nurmageddon? Nurmageddon yeah. Bus yeah. as well or something. Wait, where, who, who do you throw a chair at, Reese? Um, Khabib. I pronounce that name Nurmagomedov. Once more. <laughs> Nurmagomedov. 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 Khabib. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Uh, anyway. I've, never, I've never heard it said out loud. I just see a long name. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. It might be hell of a go, Khabib. Nurmagomedov, <laughs> if you need to. Nurmagomedov. Uh, right, question four. Ashley Young. Who was the oldest Villa player to ever score in the Premier League? They were 37 years and 336 days old when they scored. Oh, well, it could have been um, Cillian Petrov then, because I think he came back from, was it ca uh, cancer he had? I've gone for Brad Friedel, because I think he went there after Blackburn, and he probably you, scored one of those goals which bounces over someone. You are right on the position of the player. No, it was Schmeichel, was it? Peter Schmeichel. You're joking? No. I thought that was Peter a joke. To... No. Peter Schmeichel, oldest Premier League scorer for Villa. What? They probably went there for a corner or something, Jeppers. Yeah, yeah. He did uh, scoring at corners. And... Desperately fighting for a mid-table place. <laughs> uh, and the final question, which player has both been fouled and fouled themselves the most in the Premier League? I've gone Scott McTominay. Yeah, I did as well. It probably isn't him. Who were the other options? It was... Uh... It was Declan Rice, Gabriel Jesus, Anthony Gordon, Scott McTominay. It's probably Gabby J. It is Gabby J. But you don't get a point because you put Scott McTominay. Correct. Um, and I don't interestingly, I believe Anthony Gordon of, uh, of Everton. Uh, so he we he's played eight games and he has already um, received five yellows, which gets him a one-match ban. Uh, four of them have been for diving. <laughs> it. It's like, you're such well, a knob. <laughs> You've got to live life on the edge. You got yeah. to, you know. You gotta, I would concede. I saw great. that on Twitter and didn't fact check it, but I feel it's a weird thing to lie about. It was weirdly specific and statty to lie about. Um, so someone people may want to weird. fact check it, but people are weird. But yeah, I read. Well, we've got a number. We've got an army of fact checkers out there. You yeah, know exactly. You, Everyone likes piping up. Yeah, read Just some of the Anthony Gordon's rock. already picked up a five yellow ban and four of them are for diving. Well, look. What was that um, thing he said about racing? When you are, when if you don't go for the overtake, if you don't go for that time, that gap, no matter how small, you are no longer a racing driver. 
Yeah. If you don't dive in the penalty area, you're not pushing. That's how you get to the elite levels of sport, Matt. Very true. How often Very do you true. dive for a P flick? Never. It's because you don't want it enough. I cheat all the time on the pitch, Jesus. Any any umpires listening? <laughs> right. Um stat of sorry, sorry, scores on the doors, sorry. Jup, what'd you get? Uh I was a big fat massive two. Cadders, you mm. two two or three? I was one, I think. I got the shirt right. I got the thingy wrong, retired athletes wrong, Vic Friedel wrong, McTominay wrong. Oh, yeah. Well done, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah he's only 12 points behind me. He's only 12 <laughs> points behind me now. It's amazing how few you get right when you don't cheat, Reese. Yeah. Ooh, 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 no. Right, stat of the week. Good quiz. Good quiz. Uh, I, I'll go first because I've got a very quick one this week because my uh, theme stat's a bit longer. My stat of the week is $7 million. $7 Ooh. million. Dollars. Uh, do you know what that... I know Juppy knows. Do you know what that's in reference to, Reese? Is it how much did I spend in Brighton nightclubs at the weekend? <laughs> what, buying <laughs> drinks for girls 10 years younger? Oh, I'd be even more than that, Jesus. I don't even have to lie and make jokes like that. <laughs> It would actually be more. Yeah, it would be. I'm aware it'd be. Um, (laughs) uh, Seven million. I imagine it's probably some kind of F1 stat. Yeah. So it is. Is it how much over the cap? It is the maximum amount Red Bull can be over the cap to be defined as a minor breach. So, uh, very quickly, F1, you're allowed to spend 145 million dollars in a year. Um, they were found to have had a minor breach, which can be anything up to a 5% breach, which is $7 million. Um, to put it in perspective, a $5 million upgrade can buy you half a second a lap. So this refers to the 2021 World Drivers' Championship season. Where Max won the controversial final race in Abu Dhabi, Max being a Red Bull driver. They're now under investigation for him breached the cap. Um, so... Yeah, Red Bull, we don't want your sponsorship anyway. Yeah, cheating bleeps. Um, hopefully. How, do, do teams always spend to the cap? Do like, yes. every team spend to the cap? Yeah. Yes. And like, it's always really difficult to stay within it. Like, Mercedes had to make, I think they made, because uh, Toto Wolf, the basically head of Mercedes, was talking about it. And he said it's really serious because Mercedes had to make like 20 workers. Uh, factory engineers uh, redundant because they can basically keep them and stay under the budget cap. So, Red Bull going seven million dollars over—that's if Mercedes had done that, they'd have it'd have been the difference of sixteen people not losing their job, uh, or how many it was. Um, so we yet to see what, if any, repercussions, fines. Um, so there's various things that can be done. It's it can be. A reduced cap for next season. It can be reduced wind time, a uh, wind tunnel time to make it more difficult to research how to make your car faster. It can even be docked points in both the drivers and the constructors championship for the year in question. So it could be, it won't be because FIA don't have a backbone, but it yeah. could be that Max loses Ooh. his 2021 title. But I would be absolutely flabbergasted if they do. The punishment is going to be a slap on the wrist, and you're not allowed milking your tea for the entire season yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to be. They, 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 they're no, they're been, so flaccid; they won't do anything. Yeah, there've been some great memes because of like um, everyone saying how um, it's something to do basically like 
F, uh, Red Bulls thinking that catering or something was not within scope of the cap budget cap. So all the memes have been like them eating in like Michelin star restaurants and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just stuff like this. So good. But oh, there's also yeah. like, because um, Toto Wolf, the Mercedes guy, came out and said that, you know, if it's not a significant punishment and it's just a small fine for breaching the cap, then they're going to breach the cap next year. And there's been loads of memes of like a Mercedes car <laughs> next year when they breach the cap and someone just sticks like the Mercedes Benz logo on Optimus Prime. <laughs> 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 it's so good. But yeah, $7 million Red Bull cheats. Shouldn't have the title. He was a truck, though, wasn't he? Optimus Prime. He was. So. Famously high centre of gravity. Wouldn't do great on the corners. Yeah. Particularly in a, a turny circuit like Monza. You're an idiot. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> any, don't other, care. any other course, you'd, you'd have been fine. You almost got that opposite. I think Monza's the fastest track, actually. It is, yeah. Oh, Templar Speed. Delightful um, news for someone who cares. <laughs> but yeah, so my stat of the week is that we will soon hear the outcome from the FIA, hopefully. Uh, see what they come out with. It'd be so just unbelievably delicious if they took the title <clears throat> away from them. Which just, they won't do. They won't. He's, but, got, oh, he's got one this year, though. He's got he's got one this year to... Yeah, to but the, the, the final would be for this year as well because the budget of how they improved their car last year yeah. also rolls into this year because of all the upgrades and what they learned from all of that stuff just essentially rolls on year and year and year because the... Yeah requirements are the same so yeah that's what all the other teams cheated. are saying is that like every pound they spent extra last year would have the same improvement this year because oh, it's not like it's lost research etc so so yeah we'll, we will point, see at what point do you end that though Otherwise, that's like every single year they race now they're, they're well no they what they should do what they'll probably end up doing is have a reduced budget cap for next season and slightly reduced wind, t- wind tunnel time and that'll be it there'll be no points reductions I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if there is and they'll still win the championship next year uh, probably yeah it'll be I reckon next year well I'm bloody open next year's closer than this year it's so boring um, and yeah no, at the risk of jumping ahead to the running away with it Max won the title with five races spare, which is the second quickest anyone has ever done it in F1. The second mm-hmm. earliest. Um, second only to Michael Schumacher in the 2004 season of six races, I believe. Um, uh, how many How many races in the season? Back then, I think there was 18. Now there's 22. 23 next year, isn't there? 23? Yeah, I think it's, it's 21 or 22 this year. They're adding. They're trying to get it up to like 24. And all the drivers like, this is impossible. Why are you doing this? But um, Yeah, Schumacher's got the record in 2004, I believe, with some stupid number of races. That was, a, I think it was that season. I'm not sure. But there was one season when he was at Ferrari where he, um, he was stupidly far ahead in the championship. And um, him and Barrichello were teammates. And they Barrichello was first. He was second. And they made Barrichello slow down so Schumacher could win the race to maximise his points. And he was already like 150 points ahead in the championship. It's like, guys, let the man win one. Come on. <laughs> like, but so all about Schumacher winning the title as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough F1 chitter chatter. 
Uh, Finally. Jeffy, Jeffy, unless you're about to talk F1 for your start of the week. Oh, I, I am going to talk F1. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I was, had to try really hard to not get involved with this this uh, Red Bull chat because it's just outrageous. But you know, hey, ho, it is what it is. Not, not an F1 podcast. Well, not supposed to be anyway. Right, so... Sorry, what were you saying? That's what it feels like it sometimes. I think Reese was casting aspersions on the Not an F1 <laughs> podcast uh, claim. Anyway, yeah. also, have you seen, there's, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Pit Stop or something. There's an F1 podcast done by these two guys who only got into F1 when they started watching Drive to Survive, and they know nothing about F1. Sounds like us. It's painful. But it's like, I think it's, too, it's like a ludicrously popular podcast. And these two blokes are morons. They know nothing. They didn't know. So the question was, how many teams have, has Vettel raced for? And they both guessed three. They could only name Aston Martin and Ferrari. They couldn't name the third. They were just like, there'll probably be a third one. He won four titles at Red Bull. They couldn't name Red Bull. <laughs> like, and it's, it's a solely F1 podcast. It's, like, it's criminal. And I bet they've got way more listeners yeah. than we've got. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So who's we're definitely losing this. We're too we're too clued up. That's yeah. The anyway, save us, John. Yeah. Right. So from one boring sport to another boring sport, it's going to talk about cricket. Um, actually, this is T Twenty, so it's not that boring. Um, so the past weekend was the start of the T Twenty World Cup, which apparently is every two years, which I didn't know about. Um, don't know why that was decided. Let's give us more cricket. But um, Scotland pulled off a huge upset against um, the West Indies. Um, as you know, West Indies, the national sports of West, West Indies is cricket. They are mad about it. They have their own sort of like IPL standard or IPL league over there for the best cricketers and the best teams to go and play, blah, blah, blah. And they got, essentially had their pants pulled down by this small country in Europe as part of Great Britain that doesn't, I think... As, as far as national sports goes, probably not even top ten. After you know, you know, drinking rugby, um, whiskey, um, Gaelic football, what else? Swearing. It's not what about, what about five? To, that's four, Jeffy. What else do you think's in the top ten? Um, I'm going to stop there for. Uh, I mean, deep frying was my next one, but I thought I'd uh, <laughs> yeah. give it a break. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, so the Windies have you know, a fair amount of pressure on them in these tournaments. And out of the 11 players that started the game for the Windies, eight of them played in the IPL, which is the Indian Premier League, which is the best, essentially best tournament in the world for T20. Um, and England have got something like 10 players there over there from their, from their team, which I think is the maximum they can get. Um, and Josh Butler is currently the, one of the biggest performance stars over there. He's, he's cracking. Um, and well done, Josh. Of one of those players of the Windies that in the IPL, uh, Nicholas Peran, his average uh, with the bats was 60, which for T20 is pretty massive. Um, and he was uh, the seventh highest uh, average with the bats in the entire tournament. So Windies have got some some pretty good players. Um, but yeah, came up against Scotland and then just uh, had, their, had their pants pulled down. Um, and Scotland have... Zero players in the IPL, as far as I could tell, and zero players of any real note, as far as I could tell, from a very, very quick Google, I'm being really honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, uh, was the game close? Uh, they lost by, I think it was 41 runs. Oh, let me double check. 
Yeah. Mm. 41 and T20 is quite... Yeah, they, they lost by 42 yeah. runs and they didn't even make it the full 20 overs either. They were done in 18 That's overs. pretty poor. That's yeah. pretty poor. Scotland were incredible. So hopefully we can see... And uh, part of the World Cup tournament as well, there's been another upset. I think it was with uh, by Gambia and somebody else. I can't remember who. Um, Gambia... Gambia. I can't remember. Anyway, so yeah, hopefully we can see them go a little bit further, the old, the old Scots. Um, yeah, in the tournament. So yeah, well done them. Yeah, it's all very much good because I know that's it. Was that in like the pre qualifier? Is it is that the proper tournament? Because I know they've been doing like the qualifying before. But I didn't know Scotland, presumably West Indies wouldn't have had to have gone through that. No, proper no, tournament think, started. So I, th- yeah. I think the way it the way it works is the top eight nations join at a later stage. And so everyone else at the top eight is playing in this sort of tournament qualifier right. type stage. And I think you'll get eight going through to the eight top nations. And so the Windies, I think, are just outside. Yeah. Hence they're being... Because I mean, what is it? There's like 10 like very good sort of tier one cricket nations. I know Scotland are 15th in the world. I read that today. Oh, did, just, did, I couldn't decide if that was higher or lower than I thought. Well, so I thought, oh, that's really low, but then I really struggled to name like another 14 cricket playing countries. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Well, good on yeah. good on the Scots. Yeah, and I think this is time for a customary mention of Matt's fiance. I was waiting <laughs> for yeah. Have I mentioned I'm getting married in Scotland? Have you? Are you? Well done. Looking really forward delightful. to it. I'll see you there. It's definitely not going to rain. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. it is. Uh, and we'll only eat haggis. Deep fried haggis deep. and whiskey, according to Juppie's, Juppie's whiskey. tour of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So we've upset people nice. who live in Stevenage and yeah. the Scots. <laughs> and the, and the entire Scottish, Scottish community. They like to be called need the, to be worried. the Scotch, actually, Juppie. Please call them the Scotch people. That's how. <laughs> Inventors of the tape. Yes. Cool. <laughs> anyway, oh, Reese, what's your? Uh... Oh, before I go any further, congratulations, Manchester City. We're just named Club of the Year by Ballon d'Or. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Ballon d'Or ceremony this evening. Where uh, we find out who's crowned? Alexia Patelis was back to back winner of the women's Ballon d'Or. Who who does she play? Is she the one of the PSG? Bartha. Bartha. Forza Bartha. No, that's, Italian. that's Italian. I don't know. Yeah, Forza Bartha. You're, you're smashing two together there, mate. I don't know. I don't speak foreign. <laughs> We're in England. Yeah, City, City has got no club here. We'll find out who wins the Ballon d'Or later. Almost certainly Benzema. But, um, You've got to be, surely. Yeah, you'd have thought. Yeah. Anyway. Saturday week, really. week is football related. This is now slightly outdated given our uh, mild delays to uh, to broadcasting. As I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to this whatever the hell this is as broadcasting, and you can't stop me. So on October the first, the mighty Southampton Football Club, the finest football club on the south coast. And... That's a low bar though, isn't it, Reese? Let's be honest. Have you won a game this year yet? Yeah, we won a we won a game, maybe two. The answer to your question is yes. So you bet you. We won a a pre-season friendly against uh, Bournemouth under 14s. 
Yeah, thank you. We did. We won two. We got absolutely hammered by Tottenham at the start of the year. We limped to victory in a couple of them. We drew West Ham one all at the weekend. Fun fact. Yeah. It's Welcome back after some some uh, technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, my internet went out. Yeah, apologies. We're talking about Southampton and how terrible they are at football and how they've actually won two games. But I'm gonna I'm gonna very quickly steer us towards Reese's stat of the week, which is football related. But Reese, what did you want to talk about today? That isn't well, about how bad Southampton are. Well, for the first time, talking about Southampton today, <clears throat> I'd like to talk about Southampton Football Club. On October the 1st, they were the first team in Premier League history to name five double-barreled surnames in their starting lineup. They were... Nice. Can we guess them? You probably would. Uh, I actually... Um, it's going to be... James Ward Prowse will be one. Correct. Uh, I can't think of any others, actually. Uh, Walker's Peters? Kyle Walker-Peters. Walker-Peters, the left, left-back, right-back? Uh, right slash left-back. Yeah. I'll say um, the rest. There's another English midfielder you might have heard of. Then, what are the initials? A-M-N. N-N. No idea. No. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, along oh, with nice. Armel Belakotchap, the young German centre-back, and Duja Kaletekar, the Croatian centre-back. Uh, so yeah, just thought that was quite interesting. Obviously, uh, there's a, a kind of a real wave of young English players with double barrel surnames at the moment. Um, but good to see that Southampton have got so many of them. Uh, and you <laughs> actually had a bit of a think about, I wonder, what, could you make a full 11 with double barreled surnames? You can get close. Uh, so you, you'd uh, have Walker Peters, Bella Kotchap, Coletta Carr, and Trent Alexander Arnold at right back for your back four. Uh, then you're probably looking at uh, James Ward-Prowse and well, maybe Maitland-Niles as a, as a defensive midfielder. Then you go uh, in front of that, Alain Saint-Maximum, the nice. uh, Newcastle French lightning rod on the left. Uh, Emile Smith-Rowe of Arsenal behind, uh, just in front. And then maybe Ruben Loftus-Cheek of Chelsea on the right. Nice. And then up front, you'd have Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No, Hudson-Odoi. Well, he's not in the Prem anymore, is he? Oh, true, true, true. He's Roma. He's, uh, Where's he gone to? I think, I think he's, he's on Roma. Roma. Oh, Roma. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Who's the bloke who went to Roma? The that Brett. was Maitland-Niles. The... There's a Brit that went, um, Englishman went played oh, for Roma. English and he's absolutely tearing it up. Um... Centre-back for Roma. Pay for, pay for Man United. Uh, I'm thinking, I believe... I think Roma, I think Roma was Maitland Niles. Before I get it wrong yeah. again, Benzema just won the Ballon d'Or. Nice. Ballon d'Or. Move uh, over, Benzema. Tammy, Tammy Abraham, Abraham. Baku- and he does actually have a double barrel surname technically. Bakumo really? Abraham. Ah, fair play. He was a person. Could have inc- he was very good. Couldn't could have included him. Uh, well done, Benzema. We'll get to you after Southampton. Um, no goalie though, unfortunately. <laughs> no goalie with double barrel surnames. So you you. you Flat out of luck there. But I thought, what other, what other sort of famous, uh, sort of what other good players in other sports, or no, not necessarily good, but notable players in other sports have double-barreled surnames. So a bit of a bit of a razz around the sports. Uh, rugby, Luke Cowan Dickey, and a bit of a throwback to James Simpson Daniels, who is, as noted here, he's a shoo-in for my 
English schoolboy 15 names. James Simpson Daniel, William Twelve Trees. There's probably more. But I... What is Twelve Trees' other name? Oh, he's, no, he's not got a double-barreled surname. He just has an incredibly posh English name. Oh, right. field for like, I don't know. He did a like classic public schoolboy, didn't he? With the long blonde hair and um, a name like William Twelve Trees. Billy, no, you're fooling no one, Billy. Billy. We know who you really are. Anyway, uh, NBA. No, uh, do you know yeah. uh, Billy Twelve Trees' nickname? Is it <laughs> Big Billy Twelve Trees? No, I can't remember what. Um, I think this is on Question of Sport the other day. Um, Billy Twelve Trees is a rugby player. For those who don't know, he—I uh, think he had a stint playing in Ireland, and his nickname was Thirty Six because Thirty Six is Twelve Trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's appalling! Sorry to all so our Irish listeners. It's the best sporting nickname there is: Twelve Trees. <laughs> oh, I don't know. One size. One size fits hall was quite good. Yeah, that was another one that was really good. I think that was on the same round of question of sport. They had oh, some nice. absolute crackers in there. But yeah, Billy Twelve Trees is thirty six. <laughs> Brian Lima, the chiropractor. Oh, there's some good ones. The American ones are the best. Alan Iverson, the answer. Paul Pierce, the inconvenience truth. No, the truth. Sorry, Paul Frank Pierce Gore. Is the, truth. the truth. Frank Gore is the inconvenient truth. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. Um, NBA double barrel surname Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Slight cheat, given he actually changed his name for religious reasons. Um, you may know him as co pilot Roger Murdoch in the 1980 film Airplane, but he was also a six time NBA champion and a six time MVP, and he won the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016, as well as being the all time scoring leader with 38,387 points. For now, for now. For now, LeBron's catching him up. How many three-point shots did he make in his career? Oh, I've read this somewhere. It's something like... Is... One? It is one. Is did it? Did you read this somewhere just before this episode? No, I didn't read it. I deliberately didn't look it up. I deliberately didn't look it up. It is indeed so... one. Yeah, one three-pointer. LeBron's catching him up. LeBron James. Yeah. He's also, another player. another great NBA stat of forwards that can't particularly shoot very well. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal once missed 12 free throws in a row in the same game. <laughs> he he could not shoot free throws. No. But he could, he could slam stuff. that ball. He could dunk. Anyway, moving on. Uh, sprinting, Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price. Uh, Jamaican sprinter, we've mentioned before. Double-double. Yep, three-time Olympic gold medalist, four-time silver Olympic medalist, and the bronze. Ten World Cup golds. She was good. Um, and the NHL, known as the hyphenator, Jean-Luc Grandpierre for his double <laughs> Don't know whether he's any good, but he had a double-barrel name. And then uh, my favourite on this list, and obviously it's the NFL chat, nice and early, Jason Pierre-Paul, who's a sort of a pass-rushing linebacker taken in, uh, I think, 2010. Uh, to the New York Giants, so he won the Super Bowl, the sort of the big, the big tournament in his second year in 2012. Uh, in 2015, I think, in the midst of a contract. was that with um, Peyton uh, quarterback. Uh, I will not be answering. That 
2015, in the midst of, uh, I think, contract uh, negotiations, he detonated a, home, a homemade firework in his hand, blowing off a significant portion of his finger. What? There are pictures. What? Yeah. There are, there are pictures out there if you want to go and see them. Pretty Who is this? Sorry? Say his name Jason Pierre-Paul. That's like Balotelli levels of dumb, isn't it? It, it, was, it was something. Um, so then he but he did play that season, but he basically wore like a sort of a club, like a, a massive sort of just big sort of rock solid mitten on his hand, basically for the rest of the yes. season, which obviously significantly impacted his ability to, to do well because it's lots of hand fighting and pushing aside defensive line uh, hands. Um, so that he's, he finally keeps playing. Twenty nineteen, he's in a car accident because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt, suffers a significant le- neck injury, uh, but then goes to the Buccaneers, I think, later that year in 2019, and ends up winning the Super Bowl with Tom Brady in 2020. So, two-time Super Bowls, two-time severe accidents leading to personal injury. Quite the... That picture of his hand is disgusting. He hasn't <laughs> just lost... He's, he's fully lost a finger. Yeah, that's a significant... half of two of his other oh, fingers. Oh, is... That is minging. Plus a notable amount of skin. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah. So, you know, for me, in my in my um, f- humble opinion, a significant portion of his, of his finger, surely the whole finger is the most significant portion of your finger that you can blow off. Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> I mean, be, be safe out there, you know. Firework night coming up. Safety announcement to all you... Firework aficionados out there, don't blow it up in your own hand. The listeners at home can't see Juffy's face as he continues to look <laughs> through these pictures. But let me tell you. In horror. It is awful to look at, yeah. It's like looking at a dog trying to read Shakespeare. It's nothing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's it. That's my stat. Nice, I enjoyed that. Some, uh, good, I'd love a good like nickname or enjoyed those... Uh, Double barrage. Five in a single game. Wonder if that'll ever get beat, beaten. It's it's the perfect sort of trilogy for you, that is. It's a nick, nickname chat, plus we can talk about basketball and LeBron James, and you can pretend not to know anything about the NFL. So yeah. that's your perfect it's your perfect stat. Love it. Right. On to uh, the theme for this week. So running away with it, uh, we've looked up uh, teams or occasions where um, sports people have or teams have won by either ludicrously big margins or uh, <laughs> ludicrously big margins or very early in the season. So yeah, prompted by Max um, Cost Capen uh, winning the F1 title very early this year, um, almost breaking the record. Uh, which is much easier to do when you cheat, Red Bull. Um, <laughs> so, for mine, uh, <laughs> on the uh, so my, I had uh, two this week. One of someone, a team, uh, kind of similar to Max, kind of achieving something very early in the season, and then one where the margin of victory was massive. Uh, so, I'll start with the the latter, so where the margin of victory is huge. Um, this was the 2013 Women's 4x400 Metres World Championships. Um, 
one by uh, one by the US. Sorry, I'm not sure if I said yeah. One by the US, um, mm -hmm. and it was the largest ever margin of victory in the event in men's or women's history, and it was a touch over six seconds. Oh wow! Um, which what, and four by four hundred meters. Yeah, which which equated to about fifty meters. Um, so. Uh, da, da, da. So if you take that 50 meters, that's roughly 3% of the total uh, race run, uh, which doesn't seem massive. But when you put it into the equivalent of, um, I looked into sort of marathon times and saw like what distance that would be and, and how that equates to other things. Um, mm. So that 3% would be equivalent of winning the marathon by 1.3 kilometers. Um, which is a, fa a fair old distance. So the record marathon um, distance, well, margin of victory between first and second was um, held from 1972, and it is two minutes, 12 seconds, the biggest Olympic marathon victory. I didn't go through sort of every marathon, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I just did Olympics. Um, yeah, so two minutes, 12 seconds. You've not checked um, the uh, the Brighton Marathon from 1923. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't. Um, but that two minutes, 12 seconds at the pace they ran that marathon at was about 700 metres. Oh, wow. So, so if you think that that 3% in the, so the 1500, 50 metres, etc., was equivalent to about 1.3 kilometres, that's twice as far as the equivalent record margin in a marathon, um, which is pretty, pretty mental. Um, that is utterly ridiculous. That 1972 um, Olympics, Olympic marathon is also quite an interesting story, uh, which I stumbled upon when looking at this stat. So um, it was, uh, I believe it held in West Germany. Uh, given that a West German student managed to make it onto the track in like a full running <laughs> West German tracksuit, um, started running like because it finished in the stadium, started running laps of the track, um, and even managed to fool the crowd into thinking that was the actual West German runner. And they made it just <laughs> over a lap of like being cheered on by the West German crowd That's before, so good. before everyone realized that it wasn't an actual competitor and he got like obviously escorted out by security um and then he got to stage where like he got escorted out and the i believe his american guy who was actually in the lead started winning and was just getting like booed by everyone because they thought that <laughs> the west german runner had been like disqualified or something he's like guys come on i'm just really quick yeah what do you want <laughs> does, that, does that suggest that this kid managed to keep up with the pace for i have no lap? idea he was just blitzing it oh. for one lap but, um, but yeah, yeah, I could do that easy. That is awesome. But yeah, that so is US women's four by four hundred twenty thirteen, disgustingly big margin of victory. Um, and then my second one, which is sort of more in line with um, the Verstappen, you know, winning early in the season, um, goes to the NBA, um, the twenty twenty Milwaukee Bucks, uh, featuring star Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak. Um, so, for those that don't know, in NBA you have a regular season of eighty-two games, and then the top eight teams from each conference, the East and the West, 
Um, it's slightly different now, but can't bother to explain the nuances of play-ins and blah, blah, blah. Um, the top eight go through into the playoffs. Um, so if you have the top eight records uh, record in your conference, you go through to the playoffs. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks secured the earliest playoff berth ever in NBA history. Um, they did it two days quicker than the previous record holder, which was the 2017 Golden State Warriors, um, who were pretty handy as a team. So at the time of clinching the playoff berth, um, which means that no matter what, no matter what happens for the rest of the season, you are in the playoffs. Um, they were 48-8. and eight. So there are only 56 games into an 82-game season, which means they could have lost their final 26 games, which is obviously just under a third of the season, and made it into the playoffs. Um, so quite impressive to think you can just play the first two halves of the season and then play your, like, C team, <laughs> not really care. That is ridiculous. Um, That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So what was Obviously, this the 2020 team? Uh, I can't remember if it was 1920 or 2021, sorry. I would guess 2021 because 1920 was proper COVID, etc. Mm. Or would it have been 1920? 1920? I think it might be 1920 because they ended up 56-17. Yeah. Yeah, February um, 21st. Yeah, 20th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously there are incentives to continue to play well because obviously if you because if you at the top seed your first game is against the eighth seed, if you're second you play seventh, etc. So there is an incentive to win, to continue winning. Yeah, but to be able to essentially switch off and rest for the last third of a season and be guaranteed to make it into the playoffs is very very impressive. It means that they they only lost eight of their first fifty six games. So yeah, a record of forty eight and eight to get to there. Which is uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. That team was so good, though. Yeah, Chris, very, very Chris impressive. Middleton, Marvin Williams, Brooke Lopez, Carl Corver. Very impressive. But um, yeah, they are my two. And then I just had a little notable mention because it doesn't really fit with the theme, but I thought it was impressive nonetheless when I was uh, looking stuff up for this week. Um, at the nineteen eighty eight French Open, uh, Steffi Graf, not bad at the old tennis. Um, she uh, successfully defended her French Open title against Natasha Zvereva, 6-0, 6-0 in the final. Uh, in a 32 minutes, it took her to win the final. Uh, and her, and cool. her opponent, um, her opponent won only 13 points mm. across the 12 games. Mm. That's not good. I must have been just when the final was this. Yeah, the final of the French Open. Yeah, yeah. what How, was 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 there ever like good? Well, she beat Navratilova in the fourth round. Oh, I see. So you're not. She wasn't a schmuck. She managed to beat Martina Navratilova, who's won many a slam. Um, so some, yeah. sometimes if people just on their game, especially with tennis, where it's just sort of, it's literally one on one. But you'd assume that you'd almost back your way into. A couple yeah, of she points. She won 13 points in 12 games. Does this put to bed all that chat about, oh, I could win I could win a point against Venus slash yeah. any professional tennis player? I really enjoy it. A different professional tennis player. Only won 13 against a professional tennis player. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm not taking the point off Andy like, Murray. What are you doing? Yeah. She might double fault. No, she isn't. She'll just take 200% off her second serve and still actually <laughs> hammer She'll it only you. serve it to 80 kilometers an hour, not 120. <laughs> Oh, utterly ridiculous. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that one. Um, 
But yeah, so there's my my own Milwaukee Bucks forty eight and eight to start the season, meaning they can basically lose twenty six games on the bounce and still make it into the uh, postseason playoffs. Mad, yeah, but obviously, more. yeah, they they won the title the year after. Indeed, an excellent um, pronunciation of Yanis's name as well. Yeah, so uh, another good surname, Antetokounmpo, Nurmagomedov, Adam all today. All two of them. All two of the surnames. <laughs> you name it. Listener, any more surnames you'd like Matt to pronounce? Right. Five syllable five syllable surnames are quite rare. Struggling to think of a third one. Yeah, they're both five syllables. I checked before I said it. <laughs> anyway, Reese, what is your impressive running away with it early dominating victory that you found for us this week? So I've gone for the sport of cricket, but not the fun 2020 cricket that Juppers mentioned uh, earlier. The boring, <laughs> tedious... Whoa. Whoa. Sorry, I'm We've sorry. listened to Johnson. You, you can be respectful about Test Cricket. And sorry for swearing. Bloody Southampton Football Club. You're going to slag off Test Cricket. Get out of it. As I was saying. Same level of uh, excitement for both, I'd say. I was so rudely interrupted. One of the most tedious sports in the oh, history <laughs> of the world, where not only is actually one whole day of six hours of bowling and batting not enough to work out who's won, but you, or two whole days, and not even three whole days, not even four whole days is sufficient, but five days. You need five days to figure out who wins a sodding game. And even then, you need probably more. You need five, five lots of five days to figure out who wins. So tedious and boring. Anyway, I've gone to the tedious and boring one of Test Cricket to find what's my kind of Test match, Juppie? One that finishes really quickly. What's the quickest <laughs> anyone's ever won a Test match? <laughs> what's the quickest anyone's oh, ever won a Test match? Give me a side within a day or something, or maybe even like, I don't know. Yeah, within a day, like some outrageously bowled out quick, quickly, both sides twice, job done. No, it won't be more than like, a, a, like can't be more than less than half a day, surely. Half a day in total, half days play, half days. Like a day is in a, a a full normal day. Full normal day. So hours. a full normal day. It's interesting you say that, Juppie. So the average mm-hmm. test listener, if you're not familiar with cricket, takes about three to five days. So normally, you know, a, a, like a real, is that safe to say? So yeah, long as it's yeah, five three days. to five days. Yeah. So you generally have about six six hours of play per day. Probably about ninety overs bowled. So an over is six balls. So you're looking at 270 to 450 overs um, over over three to five days. That's that's your average test. This test was Australia versus South Africa, 1932, the fifth test of the series at the MCG. Uh, so there, uh, basically, it is over in five hours, 53 minutes of playtime. Jeez. Although it was spread over four days, spread over four days, including a rest. You managed to milk that was... for four days. Test cricket is rubbish. Come on. Well, well, uh, the, I mean, one hundred and nine point two overs. So what's that? That's just over six hundred and over four over days. Twenty six hours well, a day. Let me That's let me tell you. <laughs> it's, it's the well. Wait, wait, let me tell you. It was the eighteenth shortest test of all time, according to ESPN Crick Info. And the first 17 were all kind of called off or ended in a draw for various reasons because, uh, you know, the 
pitch wasn't Rain, right, or the weather, yeah. or the it was too dark, or the the umpires are bored right. to death. Or... <laughs> are bored to death. They yeah, yeah, died of old age before the game had finished. We batting for weeks and there was no end in sight, and they just thought, you know what? Let's when did they introduce? Because they did used to have, didn't they? The tests didn't have a limit; it was just two innings each. There was no actual five-day rule. I'm sure they used to have that. Oh, don't don't think. So. Well, the earliest thing on this list here of the shortest <clears throat> test is 1888, which I'm glad you asked. Was test number 28? It was uh, England versus Australia. At Lord's. remembers it well. Um, oh, the irony of me shaking my fist at you like an actual <laughs> old person. It's not lost on me. Don't worry. Anyway, so the, um, so Friday, February the 12th, uh, day one, all 20 first innings wickets were taken. Nice. So South Africa win the toss. They bat, they bat first. Off they stride. Uh they're all out for 36. That's not a good score. For 36? All out for 36. That's actually... Oh, I was thinking that wasn't 36. too bad. We've seen some of England scores. We've seen some of England's test batting scores in the last couple yeah, of years. But... We've been out for something similar. And this is what from almost 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Pretty grim. 36. The England lineup would take that on Sundays in <laughs> test cricket. 36. We are terrible at test cricket. That, well, that's because people walk out there into the middle of the screen and then go, what am I doing? I'm spending years of my life just standing in a field. <laughs> What's the point? Wearing cycling sunglasses on the back of my head while some boozed up tosser in the front row shouts at me to turn around <laughs> and then says nothing when I turn around. Yeah, it's just not... No one's a winner questioning every, every choice they've made in life. Anyway, so all up 36, a chap called Laurie Nash, uh, bowling for Australia. In 12 overs, so that's 60 balls. Uh, six of those overs are maidens, so that means no one scores any runs in any of those six balls. What a fascinating sport this is. Oh, I love it when people don't score any runs. So it's 60 balls, 18 runs, four wickets. Unreal, right? Great performance from Laurie. Hang on a second. He's only the second best bowler in this innings. <laughs> the incredibly named Herbert Ironmonger. In Herb. Or, yeah, Good in name. 44 balls, he, he gives up five, six runs and gets five wickets. That's ridiculous. So, 44 Jeez. balls. So, what's that? A ninth of all of his balls gets someone out, and every six ball, every seven, <laughs> every seven balls, someone gets him out. He's a left arm spinner, um, and he, we're going to get to him later because he is, he is quite the chap. Anyway, so then they're out for 36. Australia, they come in next. Not a great start. Captain Bill Woodfull is out for a golden duck on the first ball, but they end up 153 all out. And that is with own, uh, with some chap called Don Bradman not batting. He was absent, hurt. Um, and he is the bloke who I think averages, what, 99.98 yes. or something in yeah, test, he was the, test cricket? Yeah, he's the one I spoke about a few apps ago. Yeah. Class. Uh, anyway. So he's obviously one of the best, better batters in the world. They're 153 all out. But Ironmonger, not out. Zero runs, eight balls. Great performance. Just sort of seeing off the new ball there. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, and then at the close of play on day one, South Africa are five for nothing in the second innings. So that's day one. 20 wickets are down. Day two, it's a washout. There's no play because it's too wet. What a sport. Day three had been decided as a rest day beforehand, so there's, there's no play. 
they're not playing it. <laughs> so we come back in on Monday, the 15th of February. <laughs> obviously, obviously. So stupid, isn't it? But I mean, it's so cricket at the same time. Like, I'm, I'm, it's funny, but I'm not surprised in any, any shape or form. It's, just, I mean, it's very cricket. A, a rest day. <laughs> day of rain, you have another rest day. So bad. Well, you know, it's played a lot of Wii sport yeah. inside, I imagine, on the rest day. What, in the 1930s? Yeah, 1932. Yeah, that was a joke. Anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Tough crowd. <laughs> God, it's a tough crowd. So then on Monday, the 15th of Feb, uh, so... Africa are back into bats. They're on 41, so they need 123 runs to make Australia bat again. And how do we think they do? I'm assuming not great. All out for 40. All out for 45 with five ducks. So as in five uh, five batters failed to score a single run. For those of you who wisely don't know anything about cricket. Uh, But your boy, your boy Herbie Ironmonger. <laughs> he gets he bowls fifteen overs, so ninety balls. He gets six wickets. He gives up eighteen runs. Unbelievable! And so yeah, that ends up five. As I said, five hours fifty three of playtime over four days. One hundred nine overs bowled in total, and it's the quickest eighteenth quickest test of all time, and the quickest one to be resolved with a with a winner. Then I had a little look at Herbert Ironmonger, yeah. uh, dainty they call him. Dainty Ironmonger. He makes his test <laughs> debut at the age of 45 years old and 237 oh days, word. which makes him the fourth oldest debut cricketer. The fourth? The fourth the oldest. oldest. Uh, I actually didn't bother looking up. I just thought, ah, fourth. That's great. That is old, best international. Old. Uh, John, oh, James Southerton, maybe? Oldest players on debut. James Southerton, England. He was 49 years, 119 days oh. old. Blimey. Miran, ba- of, Miran Baksh of Pakistan was second. 47 years, 284 days. A spring chicken. <laughs> a, year and a year and a half younger. Uh, and then DDJ Blackie of Australia. Uh, third before your boy, your boy Herbie Ironmonger. Um, but I think he was, he was the second oldest player. So I think he plays for a couple of years then. Uh, so he's a left arm bowler, as I mentioned earlier on. This is all more impressive because he, he's a spinner who actually lost the forefinger on his left hand in a, in an accident, did, like a, a, an industrial fireworks. accident. I mean, my, it may well have done. <laughs> it may well have done. So above the sort of second knuckle there, um, that kind of that top bit there that you can, yeah, I'm showing you guys here. That all the podcast listeners can, can definitely <laughs> That's what see. I'm it, showing right, you. Yeah. Basically, it's your yeah, second knuckle, so the, the, the top bendy bit okay. of your finger. And this also actually um, led me to realisation. You have 14 knuckles in both hands because you've got three in each finger, but only two on your thumb. What? Madness. Think about it. Anyway, um, other other fun facts about Herbert Dainty Ironmonger. 1924-5 season, Victoria against Melbourne. He removes the last three batsmen with successive balls. Nice. Oh, that's cool. That's, that'll yeah. be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. Especially to finish. He with, really wanted yeah, that test to finish. Oh, he was yeah. getting real bored. I've <laughs> <laughs> been out here for 200 years <laughs> waiting for this test to finish. So he, uh, he ended up, his uh, international record, 80, 14 tests, 74 wickets, at an average of 17.97 runs. And he actually took 10 wickets in a match twice. Nice. Leading me wow. to believe that he's such a good cricketer. He clearly hated cricket <laughs> and wanted it to be over. Is this possible? 
That's it. Dainty. Goodness I salute you. Nice. I, I, it must what, so why was he called da- Dainty? Do you have that background on his uh, nickname? Um, no, but Google it's either was. ironic and he's like a six foot six heifer, or, or he was just very small. I, I really hope it's ironic and he was just oh, an absolute his giant. His name Dainty. Wait, here we go. Come on, internet cricketcountry.com. Finally, the website everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Did it hurt you researching all this cricket stuff this week, Chris? Genuinely. Genuinely. I was like, why Why did I choose this? <laughs> Cricketcountry.com is the internet's not even working. It might be mine. I mean, I suppose. Okay, here we go. He broad shouldered due to his outdoor life of labour rather than sporting prowess. His nickname, Dainty, stemmed from clumsy movements, lumbering steps on troubled old legs. You know what, Dainty? I feel you. There you are. It was ironic. It was ironic. Nice. Good, uh, good cricket stat, which I'm sure pained you to extensively research. It is still a terrible sport, and I would say that to anyone listening who enjoyed that stat about cricket whilst not following cricket, don't use it as an excuse to start following cricket. It's boring and rubbish. It has its moments. So, I mean, like the the NFL is equally. Just as bland. Jeffy, could you, uh, we're trying to run a tight, tight hour. This podcast trying to keep it to a tight yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Great. All right. Thank you, Reese. Ooh, I'm going to work really hard to go five yards. <laughs> Jeffy. Oh, sorry. Let's do Formula One. Oh, brilliant. 0.01 seconds off your lap time. Brilliant. But the memes. The memes, are, the memes are on point. Yeah. <laughs> the best one is still that. Mm. I didn't know. What was it? I didn't know it had. Um, Subtitles, no, yeah. picture of the car zoom. with the zoom board. Maybe we'll tweet that this week to our listeners, just so they, they can exactly. also enjoy that. Right. Jup, what's your... Uh... Bring us home. Super. Let's get this uh, <laughs> over and done with, shall we? As, as right, Herbert Einwanger said. Yeah. <laughs> so from... Uh, one extremely exciting sport to one rather dull sport. I'm going to be talking about Premiership football. Oof. And I went for the fairly obvious one that was um, Manchester City in 2017, 2018. Um, Reese, I imagine, have a field with this. Um, but I knew that they had wiped the floor with um, the with everyone else, but I didn't realize just how badly and how many records they've broken. Um, do you, do you two know this? I'm, I'm um, assuming you probably I, do. No, I don't know necessarily all the numbers behind it. I know that they broke like every scoring record, home goals, away goals. Um, I believe it's the best goal difference. It's definitely the highest points tally of 109. No, is that po- that's, that's not impossible, is no, it? Not, not that one. I know it's, uh, yeah, the Centurions. Uh... I know that much. What, could you play... You play 38 games, 38 times 3 is 90, 114 is your maximum. Yeah, I know they got 100 and something. Right, so, um, yeah, bang on. So they broke every single record that that season. It was um, outrageous from the statistics point of view. Um, Finished 19 points clear of second place. It was Man United. Um, And I think, actually, probably the biggest, the best stat I can gather from this is the biggest difference between first place and fifth place. Want to guess how many points it was? Oh, between first and fifth. I reckon fifth um, got. Oh. 
in the 60s. So 40 points. Um, I reckon maybe... What, the, oh, the, oh, sorry, the yeah, gap the you gap. mean is 40 yeah. points. No, so the gap was 30 points okay. for Chelsea. That's, that's still mad. Still, <laughs> and they're still crazy. That's, 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 that's 10 wins from first to fifth. That's absolutely... Um, but yeah, it's on 70 points. And I can't... I, in the well, the last like fifteen years, at least I can't find anything better than that. Um, just outrageous. Um, yeah. So, do you want to know what points they became first in the season? Do you want to have a guess at when they came first, top of the table in the season? Uh, sorry, at which point they were confirmed as being champions? No, uh, no. Or, at what, what point in the season did they first hit top oh, of the table? Twentieth of October, probably earlier. One of those things that's what Jurgen takes a bit of, yeah, they're not quite there, then they just get, they it all clicks and they went on an absolute spree on the second half of the, second half of the season. Um, yeah, I think late October is a good shout. Yeah, I don't have a date, but get, basically game five, <laughs> which would probably be, yeah. Probably earlier, October, actually. Yeah. They f- first put, um, first top of the table, then they didn't, didn't, didn't move from so the first top of the table. Ridiculous. They just sat there. Um, they wrapped up the league with five games to spare. So basically, again, another month, month and a half, if they kept the, you know, that schedule going. Mm. Um, right, so running through the stats then. Um, yeah, single most points this season at 100 out of a maximum of 114, said. Most consecutive away wins ever at 11. 11? Most wins, 11 consecutive away wins, yeah. Disgusting. Um, most wins at 32. Most away wins at 16. Most goals at 106, uh, best goal difference at plus 79, <laughs> and then <laughs> most consecutive victories at 18. Uh, they just absolutely wiped the floor with it. I mean, that is astonishing. Yes, absolutely yeah, astonishing. 14 points in a season, like you just You're crazy. 16 away, I don't, I know the away benefit is not quite as as pronounced as it is say in somewhere like, bigger like the states so you have to travel further and so you're less likely to have your own support at the people's stadiums as well but think of all that the little annoyances that people can do to kind of give you the edge when you're when when you're at home as opposed to on away like your ball boy is not throwing the ball back and people leaving the pitch like a little bit longer or not watering it properly mm-hmm. to have 16 away wins out of 18 is silly yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty, it? pretty good. Genuinely crazy. Yeah. Who was who's in that? Was that the year they bought Bernardo Silva? And yes, it was that year. He, yeah, they took him to like a whole, a whole another level. So they already had De Bruyne. Yeah, they had De Bruyne. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the who scored stuff, their list of strengths is basically everything they have on it finishing scoring chances stacking down the wings creating chances using three balls coming back from losing positions aerial duels creating scoring chances creating long shot opportunities just say football and be done with it yeah Yeah. (laughs) their style of play attacking through the middle and attacking down the left i it's juffy do you know if that is the earliest anyone's ever won the premier league because i do uh, not in my notes. I so can't remember. Joint. So five games to spare. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, it was five games to spell, wasn't it? Is the um, is the record held by a few teams? Uh, I think it's it might actually just be United's actually record. Um, but the record is five. Um, they did it in. I think it was ninety. No, it wasn't the trouble year. It was. Oh, I was in one of Roy Kenya's early noughties. Was theirs, but that's not the record for the European top flight. Uh, that was uh, no right league Leon. Uh, back in Ooh. like the late nineties or something, one league uh, with six games to spare. It's it's it, like it doesn't seem like that many, does it? Because five is a relatively small number. But obviously, when you're getting three points yeah, to win, you need to be a lot, lots better than the next team. And maybe your average, but that's like fifteen percent of the entire. Yeah. Well, twenty percent, maybe more of like the entire points you score that season. It's utterly mad. Well, if another way to think about it is, um, what if they did? Because what we're, you basically give someone. Yeah, a six. It'd be sort of like starting. They could have started their season six games late, and still won. And if you think about it that way, like <laughs> give United back in twenty seventeen, you give United a six game and eighteen point head start. You you go win your first six games. We won't even play them, and we're still winning the title. This year. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Oh, the disrespect! Good. The disrespect is real. Yeah. That squad was. That's absolutely mad. Filth. Especially just in the sport where like goals are at a premium. It's you know it's not like basketball where it's 140, yeah. 120. Like one goal is a it's a massive thing. It's so it's so hard to do. Goals are hard. Has anyone who's ever seen me play five side football can attest to? Or just Southampton. Unbelievable. The the the, the look. You can attack me, but don't attack <laughs> the good city and the fine sporting team. Of Absolutely got him. The Southampton are listening. I thought I thought you were going to ask Reese if he plays in like a Vets five-side <laughs> league or something. Oh, I'd rather play in the Vets five-side league. He's counting, counting the days till he's eligible to play Vets. Yeah, it's not many. Who does spin against a 64-year-old and pop cricket. their hip out? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I want to play golf. It's no cardio. True. That's the dream, to be fair. That's the dream. Go John Daly. <laughs> Juffy's Juffy's a spirit animal Juffy is fuming that Jonah Hill got the look ahead of him to play John Daly in his biopic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would happily play that role I think I'm already halfway there honestly I can't wait until we do a special John Daly biopic film pod <laughs> live like, lunch straight away afterwards well, <laughs> No, no, I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I think we have to. We have to go and find some kind of Odeon somewhere, and then just sort of set up in what the Italian shop restaurants they always have outside Odeons. Frankie and Benny's. Just set up in the Frankie and Benny's with a nice laminated menu. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Frankie and Benny's. Duh, date night already. Already yeah. planned in. <laughs> and if you're listening and you're single and like Frankie and Benny's, get in touch. <laughs> Reese will take you. Yeah, but I'm not buying. It's a starter or a dessert. Not both. <laughs> those, those are the rules. Those, those are the rules. rules. Them, them's the rules. Dearie me. Anyway, good, uh, good stat jump. That was a ferociously good football team. That city team. Yeah. Oh. Silly. 
looking through. Yeah, that was the early Kyle Walker company was still in his prime. Sterling, I think, they just bought from New York. Aguero uh, still tearing uh, it up. I think Aguero's still there. Nasri was he, there. Aguero, though, only scored, oh, I say only, only scored 21 goals in that season. That's an aggressive only. So it really only. wasn't him driving. That's a very aggressive only. Well, I mean, like, aggressive only. It is, but how many goals last year was it for the Golden Boot in the Premiership? Do you, do you know? Yeah, it was low 20s. It was some, uh, Son and um, who was it? Uh, Salah and Son. Okay, maybe then. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Salah and yeah, Son. Salah Sorry, and then Son. Kane was Kane a little bit Yeah. So, like the last couple of years, it's been has been high twenties as, as even yeah. the thirties. Think Harry Kane got. I think it's going to be so, it's going to be fifty-seven this year with Harley. So. massive. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I mean, this is the thing. Maybe he's maybe he's he's warped our, our recent. What like all of all of like footballers uh, understanding of football has been warped recently with like Messi and Ronaldo banging in loads of goals and winning and just doing absolutely silly silly levels of, of achievement and now Haaland's coming along and is absolutely just yeah. killing it. I've got a good one for you. Uh, so what? Ronaldo hit seven hundred club goals uh, the other week. What percentage of his seven hundred goals were penalties? Um. Ooh. I, I, Ooh, I had a number on my head, but that's massive. But this is the kind of question which leads me to think it's loads. What would he ask if it was like four? I reckon. He, I reckon it's ten. No, ten percent. Well, actually, no. He's been playing since what? Oh, yeah, nine, ten. So it's like twelve years. He's not scored ten penalties a season, has he? Yeah. Maybe he has. Uh, he's been playing longer than that. I think he he came joint forty fifth in the Ballon d'Or voting in two thousand and five with Jamie Carragher. <laughs> no, I read it. I read it when today. The Ballon d'Or voting is this is the lowest Ronaldo's come since he came joint with Carragher. I think it was two thousand and uh, two thousand and five. Well, I must be thinking when he went to Real Madrid. Oh, he um, won. He won the so, Champions okay, League fine. in a way with United. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look, I'm like the bloke. It can't. It can't, it can't be seven. Percentage? Do you think of his seven hundred goals? It's got to be like seven. No, I'm going ten because I think he, I think they got a silly amount of pens at United because obviously they all, and they all, everyone calls him Penaldo, don't they? Eighteen. Some people. Eighteen percent. Some people. Eighteen <laughs> percent. What gets? Eighteen percent. You. One hundred and twenty. So, I think sorry. it was one hundred and twenty-six. The exact goals of his seven hundred. That. <laughs> I mean, looks like Penaldo was yeah. well earned. Eighteen percent. James Ward. Well, now we can now we can call yeah. him that for sure. Yeah, James Ward Browse is getting that that number of penalties. He'd be he'd be shooting up the. Literally, <laughs> no one well. knows who James Ward Browse is. <laughs> so my yeah, but you know, it's my duty to bring away James Ward Browse awareness to the people. Yeah, eighteen percent. To you, listener. Good night. Anyway, good. How many of uh, Harry, Harry Kane's uh, all of them? And he wins penalties that he shouldn't have done. All of his. Just because he's the England captain. <laughs> tell you what we take a strong sporting none of, none of the other stuff yeah. on the podcast like we're not we do, don't do, hate your do we favorite. like any sporting we people we genuinely. don't hate your favorite team we do <laughs> we hate your favorite we're biased team. We also we hate hate everyone. Everyone. we're we're a kicks we hate everyone so it's fine we equally slag yeah. off yeah. everyone amen i think the closest thing we come to i think we we all like we're all pro rick shields when it comes yeah. to golf uh, team wise, 
Force India, plucky underdogs. We're all a big fan of Force India. Aren't Where we? are they in the Champions Championship this year, Reese? Trick question. They're actually no longer Ooh, a team. Oh, well done. Hey. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> does anyone does want to guess what Harry Kane's penalty percentage is for his goals? No, thank you, Jack. Uh, I can smidge under sixteen okay. <laughs> percent. No, it'd be like twelve. Ah. Phil, I'm, 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 I'm positive you Google Get all these things. Yeah, massive spreadsheet, all this stuff. It's you said yeah. to smidge under, right? It's fifteen percent. Technically, fifteen point six percent. I'm, I'm rounding that up to sixteen. I'm taking that to the bank. Sixteen <laughs> percent. You're such, a, you're such a little sports nerd. <laughs> It's probably a good Just, thing. How do you have all this in your head, honestly? Because he doesn't. Yeah, do I was about to say. Good night. Good night. Also, yeah. Come 12th of December, I'm going to be here just like, oh, did sport happen this week? Uh... <laughs> uh, this quiz will actually be taken from 2003. <laughs> in Last this week, I managed to watch happened? sport. Nice. <laughs> well, that's when I started watching that <laughs> match, actually, 2003. <laughs> Ironmonger was on a test. Um, oh, Bert. Good old, good old Bert, dainty, dainty Bert. It's also never crossed my mind that Bert would be short for Herbert. I don't know why. Ridiculous. You're a smart man, Reese. Come on. Yeah, I think I'm disproving that by the minute. <laughs> right. Anyway, good uh, good starting, guys. I enjoyed that. Good. good yeah, names. good batch. I'm off to spread the word about Penaldo. Was that 18%? 18%? Yeah, it's un- exactly 120-something. That was one of the uh, questions Genuinely that didn't crazy. make my list of five or, uh, uh, from the Guardian quiz of the week. Oh, that would have been a good one. The options were, the options were ridiculous. It was either like 40, 60, 120, or 200. So. I mean, I have no idea. Any of those could true. be true. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what are we thinking of for Ep Nine? Any ideas? Well, I found a couple of banging stats for very, very narrow victories. Oh yeah, we could do the opposite. Which would make it, which would be a logical, a logical yeah. follow up to this. Okay, I like that idea. I like that idea. Oh yeah, I've got some uh, good yeah. cricket ones for this. So we'll, uh, oh, we'll up. We've actually we talked about cricket twice on this episode, chaps. We should never talk about it ever yeah. again. Oh, same for NFL. Then I think it's been mentioned once or twice. All right, NF one. So that, <laughs> next week this will just be a another. So just we'll work it. We will find a sport. It's be some well. curling. We will. I think it's going to be something roguelike curling. Oh, yeah. I love curling. I think I we should go play it. it. Oh yeah, play curling. It's honestly, yeah. it's actually, it's actually really sort of satisfying. It's gripping. So Ironic, given it's so nice. Yeah. Oh, you meant you. Hey, you started laughing yeah. seriously, Reese. Don't pretend hey. that you didn't. <laughs> then you had to realise really you can't it. show emotion, positive emotion. I'll have to. I'll have to brush up emotion. on my curling. Yeah, I've got the stones. Curling rocks. <laughs> right. Bye. <laughs> 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 Let's cut that end bit.